0: Welcome to Let's Connect. My name is Keith McPherson, and I'm so glad you've decided to join me for this next episode. Today on the podcast, I'm joined by a dear friend of mine who I met very randomly one day at the shopping mall. But uh, it turns out that that one encounter has turned into a lifetime friendship. Uh, Susie Friesen is here on the program, and we're gonna be speaking today about a number of different topics, including mental health awareness um, and some of her stories there. We're gonna be speaking about parenting and what it's like to find the work-life balance when you're a parent, and so much more as well. So sit back, relax, and let's connect. Self-care has been at the forefront of my mind lately as I've been uh, working with a mastermind group that uh, is coming together this fall uh, to explore the world of self-care and mindfulness practice. And for those of you that aren't aware, you can get more information about it on my website. But in essence, um, this group meets weekly over the span of seven weeks. and. We speak about um, how to bring more self-care and more compassion, self-compassion into our lives. And it's um, made up of a number of different components, including uh, live coaching calls, a private Facebook group where we connect, and there's also um, a segment of us going through the online course, the mindfulness course that I put together, The Five Key Principles of Mindfulness. And it's been a really, really powerful way to bring community together, to hold ourselves accountable, and I think most importantly, to give ourselves permission to integrate more self-care into our lives. Um, Our guest today, Susie Friesen, as I was saying in the intro, I met her very randomly one day at the shopping mall. She came up to me and said, are you Keith? And I said, I am. And she said, wow, I'd I'd love to chat with you about a project that I run called Project 11. And um, one thing led to the next and uh, we ended up doing some work together. And what I found amazing about this, not only the synchronicity of us meeting, but um, Susie Friesen and how amazing she is at um, bringing awareness of mental health and self-care to the forefront in our community. Um, The Project 11 uh, initiative you're going to hear more about in our conversation today, but it was started... um, by the Winnipeg Jets Foundation from the NHL. They, um, they have this amazing program called Project 11 that uh, integrates mindfulness curriculum and mental health curriculum into uh, the school system in our province of Manitoba. And it's quite a powerful program and has had a lot of success. And Susie runs this program in addition to being a full-time mom And um, really volunteering a lot in the community as well, and really finding balance in it all, which I love. So, um, without further ado, I want to introduce you to Susie and I invite you to tune into our conversation. There's going to be many takeaways uh, in many different areas, but I'm hoping you come away with uh, a renewed sense of how to find more balance, more resilience, and courage in your life. And so, uh, without further ado, here's Susie Friesen. Susie, welcome to the podcast. I'm uh, so glad that you've joined us here.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: It's nice when I get to uh, speak with a dear friend. It feels just more personal, and uh, we've known each other for quite a while, just in the work with Project Eleven, which is so cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, and I just want to thank you too for inviting me to be part of that amazing program. I hear from teachers quite often. And they're like, that meditation segment that you do with Susie is so effective in our classroom. They oh, love it.
1: Students absolutely love it. And teachers and parents. So thank you for being a part of that yeah. that portion of our program. It's been really beneficial and the feedback that we've received has been really great. And, and it's neat how Parents can adopt it into their lives, too, because when we created those videos, we were thinking they would be watched in the classroom, and some students would download them on their iPods or um, iPads or whatnot, and... um, iPods. Do kids still use iPods? I don't
0: even know. Back in the day I used like cassette players. So it's like, I have no idea what kids use these days to listen to the platform. That's so
1: funny. Sorry to mention the iPod. I have a three and a half month old at home right now. So hopefully, um, a little sleep deprivation isn't going to prevent me from doing good, a good interview today with you.
0: Wow. I can only imagine all the different things you're juggling in your life. Um, I, I, just for people that don't know about Project Eleven, I was mentioning a little bit about that on the intro, but um, just in your own sort of perspective, what is that program all about? Like, mm-hmm. what is it?
1: Yeah, so Project Eleven is a mental wellness program that the True North Youth Foundation developed in honor of our dear friend Rick Rippen. Rick had played for the Manitoba Moose and had just signed to play with the Winnipeg Jets in 2011. Um, however, we did uh, lose Rick just before that season started. Um, he had been battling depression for quite some time and had developed a relationship and friendship with with Craig Heisinger and, and Mark Chipman. And after his passing, um, they really wanted to do something in his honor. And they knew that he had such a love for working with kids, especially in the offseason. With different um, hockey camps, and and he he didn't want kids to suffer in silence the way he had sometimes, and and um, when looking to see what was already in place in in schools or what was available in the community to help support kids and help teach them healthy coping strategies early on there wasn't much out there in terms of something that would be sustainable and teaching kids some of those healthy coping strategies early on. Mm. So um, my background, I, I worked in schools for... 13 years. I taught in the classroom for eight years and I was in the integrated program for teaching. So I was in five inner city schools for my five years of education. So I taught for eight years after, after my practicum and my very first teaching position that I, that I signed for, um, I had the opportunity to create my own course for the students that didn't partake in band. And I wanted to create something that was really holistic and, um, with all of my experience, I also worked at the Wellness Institute during my university years, um, primarily with children's programs and helping develop some of the curriculum for their their programs there and their summer camps. And so, with all of my background, um, I knew that there was there was a bit of a, a pocket missing in terms of education around mental health, and studying kinesiology, I I found that my professors often would focus on the physical component of our well-being, and I really wanted to delve into teaching kids to practice mental fitness, just like they take care of their physical body, and they know that push-ups are important and make you strong. Mental fitness (laughs) is a
0: great term for that, yeah.
1: Um, And so I dabbled a bit with creating something during the lunch hour and I created family fitness nights during my practicum years. And then so when I had this opportunity, I thought I'm going to make a course called Healthy Mind, Body, and Environment. Um, And within this course, students were encouraged to ask some thick questions. We had a question box and we would bring in different specialists to help answer those questions. Hmm. So whether they were... Questions about what was going on in their home life and they're writing these questions anonymously or they wanted to know if vitamins make you live longer. Um, I actually want to know
0: that too. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: And wanted to compare, you know, um, their different. Toilets. I remember kids asking they said, Oh, we got a new toilet and I and my mom says that it uses less water. So we had different specialists wow. under the umbrella of environmental sustainability and mental health. We had natural doctors come in. Jeez, you know, this Dr. Sounds Darren like, Morton came in a few times and the kids just ate it all up and like loves.
0: Yeah, I just I'm just so appreciating like the rich learning environment that you brought in there and probably the aliveness in those kids where it wasn't just following the standard curriculum of what we have to teach. But what I'm so appreciating about your story is that you actually like took something that's really close to your heart and mm-hmm. integrated it in seeing where the gap was. And I, I can only imagine how lucky those kids were oh, to experience sure. that, like the, that.
1: They uh, loved world. it. They loved it. And the reason... I should backtrack a bit um for my interest in mental health my mom and and of course I call my mom before I do any type of interview to see um what she thinks and how much I can share or if I can share mm-hmm. um the the name of men- her mental illness or not but um my mom has schizophrenia and so growing up um it never occurred to me to reach out to a school counselor or to somebody to talk about it um, you know, when my mom, whether she was trying different medications to make her feel better or um, quiet that saboteur, mm-hmm. um, that, you know, sometimes when she wasn't taking medication and, and the voices that were telling her that she wasn't good enough or just some of those um moments in her life were hard for me to understand because she wasn't wearing a cast. I wasn't, you know, handing her crutches or pushing her in her wheelchair. I couldn't fully understand what she was going through.
0: How would you, how did you know, or did you know that something was up like going on?
1: Well, you know, I, when I was little, um, if I if I wasn't in school or if there wasn't, if it wasn't a school day, I would go to her psych appointments with her. Um, she had monthly check-ins, which was like a nice half an hour conversation with her, with her psychiatrist. And, um, um, so I knew, you know, I don't, Know if any of my other friends go to their mom's appointments or if they have appointments like this, and and I could see that you know if she had down days, I I was right in there trying to cheer her up and mm-hmm. and um, but it wasn't something that I even knew how to bring up to my friends, never mind a school counselor. So um, when I became a teacher. I knew that I really wanted to empower students to reach out if they needed, and and make sure that they knew that they weren't alone. And for me, that only happened. Uh, I was eighteen, and my mom was. Um, seeking some additional support and, and staying. She had been living in, in a psych ward my grade 12 year and I remember Stacy Natchez, which it's such a small world. She, as you know, sings the anthem at the Winnipeg Jets game.
0: Yeah, she's got a great voice. For those of you that have, haven't been to Winnipeg or to a Jets game, there's like this anthemic moment when they sing the national anthem and oh. Stacy, she she's this, she leads it, but then when they get to that part about True North and everybody yells out, um, True North, yeah. because it's just, well, we we are the true north literally and figuratively oh. and all of the above. It's so <laughs> chilling. Oh, so Stacy was I your teacher. It.
1: So she yeah. taught me grade nine to 12 choir and I was part of her vocal jazz group.
0: Wow. Okay. So
1: in those four years, you can imagine what, a uh, friendship and relationship we had grown being on, on choir trips and vocal jazz trips, um, And I had never told Stacy, um, and she probably would have been, you know, a teacher that you would get to know quite well. Um, and my grade 12 year, my mom had been staying at the psych ward and Stacy had just happened to be singing there one day. And my cute, lovely mother had come up to her and said, I think you teach my daughter (laughs) and her, in her cute Portuguese accent. And, um... And Stacy was really sweet and had pulled me aside after vocal jazz practice one day and has, asked if we could could chat. And I just thought it was about an upcoming concert or a solo or something. Um, and she had shared that she ran into my mom. At and the hospital? At the, the hospital. Wow. And for me, being 18, almost out the door <laughs> um, of, of the school system, what I, I felt still remember that feeling that shock and just feeling outed and and didn't know really where to begin. Um, but she really made it easy for me to to talk things through with her and and let go of that fear. So I probably let out two hours worth of tears. Wow. Um, but she was the first person in my life to make me realize that I wasn't alone and that everybody does have a story and we all go through different obstacles and that it's okay to help each other and reach out and be there for one another. And she um, wow. just really made me not feel that I, I didn't need to just... Not, not suffer in silence per se, but just keep this all to myself. And if I needed to reach out, that I could.
0: Mm, it sounds like a seriously pivotal moment in your life. Pivotal, for
1: sure, mm. Ab- absolutely. From that moment, it helped me select my the courses I was going to take in university. I knew that I wanted to go into kinesiology and education, but I also wanted to take some more psych classes and counseling classes. Yeah. Um,
0: What I love about you, Susie too, is just how, um, I mean, how close to home this whole topic of mental health is for you because you grew up with somebody in your family directly that mm -hmm. was battling that. Um, and I love how you've really integrated a lot of this into your life purpose and your work and how you show up in the world. I I'm just I know there's people listening to this conversation and they're probably struggling with either either side of mental health where they mm-hmm. or maybe you're battling it themselves or maybe they have somebody close that is. And although we're making strides in the world to, you know, talk about it a little bit more openly, um, we hear this a lot, talk about it, don't, don't be alone, but that can be really challenging as you know. So I'm just curious from you, um, just if you have any advice to people that are listening to this that are in some way affected by mental health. I think Mm -hmm. one in every five of us are affected by it. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Um, well, I think with with anything, um, I would definitely suggest that not only do you, do you reach out to somebody that's close to you, but you know how we make dentist appointments for ourselves, and you know an appointment for to take our car in to go get looked at, or an oil oil change or whatnot. Yeah, but,
0: speaking just on the side <laughs> of those are so expensive now. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, I think it's so, um, and maybe we'll use the word mental fitness, it's so important to check in. Like, I've been talking to, um, if you want to call her a life coach or a counselor, for we just had our 10-year anniversary, where I usually check in with her every January um, to do some goal setting and whatnot, but... um, even just having, so I have two little girls, uh, Olivia with an A is two and, and Chloe, we just had three and a half months ago. And before both births, um, I made sure to make postpartum psych appointments. And again, just trying to be proactive, knowing that, um, Especially the first three months after baby's born, you're a bit sleep-deprived. <laughs> yeah. um, so it, it's good to have that additional support in place. But no matter what you're going through, whether it's you yourself or, or a friend, um, I would highly recommend, um, you know, whether it's connecting with a counselor or asking your doctor if they have anyone in mind that you could reach out to, um, just doing a check-in, even if it's just once a year, like I like to do every January, That's um, because, you know, obstacles are going to come and those are inevitable in everybody's life. So if you can get ahead of it and practice healthy coping strategies, um, then that will be a, a, a habit of yours that you're creating. And the earlier, the better. I feel like we're already trying to teach, um, our little two-year-old, some healthy coping strategies. So, you know, when somebody's not sharing at our home daycare, that, that we're talking about it and, and problem solving.
0: Yeah. I think like, as you're saying that, I'm just thinking about how conditioned we've been uh, in past generations and from past generations, just this whole um, meme or mentality of um, don't speak. You know, uh, if, if something's Uh, Emotionally bothering you. It's just a a lot of times. A lot of us were raised to just shut down and not feel our feelings and not acknowledge what's actually true. It's like just put on that Mm
1: -hmm. that front,
0: that mask, and pretend everything's okay. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, I think we're in a time right now where there's a real transition happening. And I'm so encouraged as you're talking about it because you know I I also see a lot of clients as a life coach here, and a lot of times this is really the root of the problem is that it's uh, the fear that I've never been able to speak about what Mm -hmm. I'm going through and, um, and to have, feel that safe kind of space to do it. So it's, um, I think it's really encouraging and it takes a lot of courage and authenticity and bravery to do it, but, um, consider it a sign right now if you're listening that, uh, you know, if you're going through this and you're hearing us affirming and cheering you on, like this is, you got it in you, you got it in you, and the, there's a perfect timing that this conversation's even happening.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think sometimes we forget that um, our health and life is so fragile, and and it's weird in a way. When I think back of of growing up, and I had lost my first pet, our our dog, in and I was just about starting grade three, and my friend Lori had, was diagnosed with leukemia when I was in grade five, and passed away when we were in grade seven. Mm. And I remember um, singing at her funeral and and processing some of those feelings of um, how fragile. Each of our lives are, yeah. and we don't know how much time we have, and and sometimes when people ask me, you know, Susie, what like what's your secret? Do you drink coffee in the morning? Like you're so mm-hmm. positive. And when I was first hired at the True North Youth Foundation. Um, Oh, which I, I didn't share. So they had come to see my Healthy Mind, Body, Environment course with Winnipeg Regional Health Authority, and then they had asked if I would help develop Project 11, this mental wellness Oh, yeah. So the True curriculum. North Foundation's behind the yes, whole project. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. So when I had first started there, um, the executive director of the foundation, Dwayne Green, he started calling me Pixie. The positive, I was spreading <laughs> positive Pixie dust everywhere I was going in the offices. He, he said, And, and I, I think I'm just, um, I don't know that it's, I don't drink coffee, but I think, uh, the, the motivation behind it all, like I just practice being grateful. And, and, um, it's been neat lately. You, you see on Instagram, a lot of people sharing three things that they're grateful for every day and, and really sharing their gratitude. And I think some of the experiences, whether it being my mom, being six sick um growing up and um and learning early on how fragile health can be um, my best friend who was also my neighbor growing up her mom was diagnosed with cancer when we were in grade six and she she had five kids and and i loved mm. her so much as you know like my second mom and and um And it just made us, we had 10 more years with her. She had battled for for 10 years and we just loved, showed her love every day. Wow. Um, And whether it was me helping babysit her four younger siblings my best friend's younger siblings or um helping make supper for or visiting her you've always had this in you like this
0: positivity it's like whoa
1: in a weird way like i think it's because i i saw early on how you know everyone is faced with different obstacles and yeah and we need to stick together and uh my my Coping strategy, though, wasn't talking about it. So I didn't know that until what I was, was 18. What was your coping so strategy? My, my coping strategy was just to surround to surround myself with people that I love and and share that love and wow. and just know that our lives are so fragile and that we need to be there for one another. So it was just kind of we're going to support each other in whatever way way shape or form or however it'll look like whether it's
0: (laughs) you know this morning you're just talking about the fragility of life i was um i was meditating before you came and just sitting with the the being in a state of awe really uh at the fact that we're in these bodies for you know just a a short little period of time but it's almost as if we're like glimpsing into (laughs) something so much greater than what we perceive ourselves to be you know like there's I'm a big believer that there is something beyond our physical egoic body that's kind of animating our lives and is connecting all the dots together. And, you know, everything from you showing up here on this podcast to, um, you know, who we end up spending our lives with and the friends that get attracted and even the struggles, like what you've described in your past, like it's almost as if those moments are somehow being divinely orchestrated to to grow and evolve us in some way like it's mm-hmm. just so as you're talking about the fragility of life i'm i'm really inspired by that and um a topic that's been on my mind lately uh not to start any rumors for you listeners but <laughs> i have definitely been thinking a lot about just the whole creation process and oh. the idea of like wow you know children be parenting this is quite a miraculous thing when we talk about the fragility of life and then mm-hmm. this ability to bring kids into the world. It's quite a amazing. miracle. It's yeah. a miracle. It is. And you just had, you said you had your second <laughs> yep. baby yeah. uh, very recently. Um, yeah. So you've gone through this twice, this miraculous <laughs> process of giving birth and raising kids or to a certain, well, I, I'd love to talk about that a little bit, and uh,
1: sure.
0: you know, especially for all the parents listening, they're probably so curious about how how do other people parent? Because there's no, let's face it, there is no blueprint to how to raise your kids. Although I'm looking, and you brought uh, <laughs> you brought a whole bunch of notes about things that you do. I, I want to acknowledge that here, and. Uh, I've I just talking to you off of this podcast, I love how um how many great strategies you have for raising your kids. And I get the sense that, you know, a lot of your teaching background and and just your positivity has really influenced that. So I would love to spend some time in this area and and talk a little bit about your parenting strategies and blueprints. And I'm sure it's not always perfect, but just yeah, what you know about it and maybe kind of get into some of that. Sure, sure.
1: So,
0: yeah, this is my segue um, into this piece. Yeah, sure. Um, so um, where do we start? What? Tell me first, maybe just start with this. What is it like to be a parent?
1: Oh my goodness. Well, <laughs> um, it definitely is such a gift. Um, I know that, that you will run into some tired parents, which we can be. But it is such a blessing. So Kyle and I, we ended up having two miscarriages before we had Miss Olivia. And um, and I knew that I always wanted to be a mom. I remember loving babysitting. And hmm. I loved when the Babysitter's Club movie came out, my neighbor and best friend, uh, we made our own version of the babysitter's club camp in our backyard and put up flyers in the Walmart or Wolco, I think it was called oh, at the wow. time. <laughs> you were really and, into it. uh, yeah, we had held summer camps in the summer in our backyard, just like the movie. And, um, <laughs> and my grandma, I come from a big Portuguese family and my one grandma had 11 kids. So my mom wow. has 10 siblings. And then my other grandma had eight kids. So my dad has seven and I thought I was going to have, you know, 12 kids. I would joke with my grandma that
0: <laughs> you were <laughs> you had 11, I'm going to have
1: 12. Wow. Um, so it w- it was um, you know, it's not always so glamorous and it doesn't always work out right away. I thought when Kyle and I had our first miscarriage, I I was um worried. Like, you know, I've always dreamt about being a mom and I thought this would be easy and come easy and, um, mm-hmm. did some work with, with my natural doctor, Dr. Madeira Morden. And, um, we ended up now with two beautiful little girls and I'm so, so happy and and thankful, but it, it is, um, it, it does require a bit of balancing, especially if, if you are a working mom right now, I'm on mat leave, and um but, you know, I'm very mindful when I, am, when I go back to work full time in, in April, what life will look like because I love being present and um, want to continue to have that energy to be playing with Olivia and Chloe and um, not be distracted with the other busyness Um th- the other things that can can make you uh, busy and, well, yeah. in our in our in society our in our world. That's
0: something I'm curious about. Actually, is so many of us are already so busy with like I mean we're living in a time where we're bombarded by options and choice all the time just mm-hmm. for our own selves, and then to think about parenting and bringing kids into the world where. I suspect that requires all of your time and attention really and presence. Like you say, for sure. How do you balance? um, Well, I think that,
1: yeah. So, so Kyle and I am both having a teaching background. Um, We, we, would see so many of our students over the years teaching. Um, we would notice, you know, which students were struggling to stay awake in class because maybe they're playing video games till the wee hours of the morning or um, hiding their iPad in their in their room and their parents don't know that they didn't go to bed at nine o'clock like they thought or um you know some of the kids that were relying on that can of coke in their lunch to have energy to pay attention in math and just how some of our students really just uh you know or even behavior issues not having the clarity because they're sleep deprived or whatnot to problem solve with their friends and maybe they're really reactive when things aren't going their way or when they're not prepared for an upcoming project or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So I think going into parenting together, Lucky, Livy and Chloe, sorry, you have two teachers for parents.
0: But <laughs> Listen back to this one day. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. So we've been very mindful as knowing that we have to have a solid foundation. So um, we're really intentional in terms of, you know, Sunday we're meal planning or meal prepping or even making you know four meals for the week because we know when we get home from work during the week we have that short window um because our our girls our chloe soon our bedtime will be like livy's and uh so livy goes to bed every night uh you know we start the bedtime routine at seven and that might look like um, bath wow. books, brushing your teeth, um, and, and sounds, going to sleep. It just right? sounds,
0: let's just say, it, it sounds very like disciplined in a way, like very routine.
1: Right. And routine for some families might sound daunting or strict or well, for what, me it no, does to yeah, be honest I mean, for sure I uh,
0: I find just even in my own work I find it challenging to be disciplined enough to be like okay from this hour to this hour I'm working on for example the podcast and then sure. I have to go for my jog and then I have to like it's all planned out and I sure. I miss out on the spontaneity of that
1: oh for sure yeah and of course you know um there'll be times throughout the year where Libby's not gonna go to bed at 7 30 or, or whatnot right because we have a you know, a Christmas dinner or we have a special event so or a party
0: built in room for spontaneity.
1: Yes. yes. Oh, that's good. No, she just okay. might be cranky the next day, but oh. no, <laughs> no, no, she's good. But, um, are you suggesting but, the but, uh, like uh,
0: routine? like uh, for kids? I
1: find that students and my own kids, they thrive on routine. Um, I know people often say, or, compliment Libby or um, I just brought Chloe to a, a book club Tuesday night and and I think you know the secret sauce if I if I would call it that to my kids is they are well rested so I'm not seeing a lot of behavior issues and I know they're only little yeah some people um, say wait till they're 13 exactly, or 14 exactly um, <laughs> which I taught those years <laughs> but um, so I'm trying to get ahead of it and create some of these healthy habits early on but if you think of sleep like you were to think of how you're nourishing your body if i were just to give my kids or my students you know we're just gonna have cupcakes and mcdonald's and candy this week um like how would that be nourishing your body? And sleep is so important in the sense for for us as adults. I don't know if you know, or maybe some of your your life coaching clients have shared about their challenges when it when it comes to sleep and how they have trouble falling asleep or staying asleep. Yes. Um and you know, maybe they need um, you know, they have a routine of their own that, that might work. So I think when it comes to sleep, Having that established routine um, not only gives them the proper rest so that they can have clarity and be their best selves the next day, um, it also gives parents (laughs) um, an opportunity to, um, whether it's plan for the week or reconnect or... um, You know, even just celebrate the day, like, how was your day? Or did you hear when Libby said this? Or did you see what Chloe did today? Um, Just really solidifying that foundation. Um, I'm just being reminded Kyle was just uh, the best man the other weekend in a wedding. And his advice to the bride and groom to our friends was never stop dating each other. And that was his marital advice. And it made me think of, yeah, it doesn't have to be fancy. And it's funny how, you know, we have these mini dates throughout the week when the girls go to bed. Um, But they, you know, we're, we're all morning people. So maybe that's why too, the routine works in our house. (laughs) Um,
0: Well, I'm just so appreciating as you're sharing all this, like the balance, um, that you've built in and the through the routines and just back to sleep for a second i yeah. just wanted to mention i was just talking to a friend of mine Matt um a couple nights ago about the importance of sleep and he just said something that blew my mind there was uh, some studies done in the the world of sleep and apparently um they they studied people that travel and when you go into different time zones oh yeah and, and what they found is just even losing an hour or two of sleep when you're in a different time zone or maybe it's even more than that they found that the um the increased likelihood of cancer and heart attacks goes up double for people that miss out on those extra hours of sleep and the reverse effect happens when you actually get uh, that extra hour of sleep or a couple extra hours is that it's like compound interest and that it actually creates more and more health in the body so what you're saying i i mean i have to find the source (laughs) besides my friend matt but he was reading up on this and I just I think that there's some real validity to that. and it's very underrated the sleep thing but oh, it's like
1: absolutely so
0: important to instill that in your kids. Cuz you hear and so us, oh,
1: absolutely cuz you hear so much about um people talking about the importance of exercise and eating well. Yeah. And and it is underrated for sleep for sure because if you are practicing unhealthy sleep habits um it's, it's not sustainable and you will be mentally malnourished just as if you were to compare it to nourishing your body with food, but you're going to have an increase of energy. And, and I feel like I want to give no matter what hat I'm wearing, whether I'm the director of educational programs at the true North youth foundation, or if I'm wearing my mom hat or yeah. a ma- my wife hat <laughs> or, um, you know, being a good friend, I want everybody to, I think everybody deserves to see me at, at, my best and I want to work at my best and I want to be step into my best self as, as a mom. And, and I think that they deserve that. And, and I deserve that too. And I know I have, um, girlfriends who, you know, maybe thought, Oh, I'll start working out when all my kids are in kindergarten and in school. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, I have a girlfriend right now who her two year old's been going to sleep at the same time as her at 10 or 11. And, um, just, Feeling exhausted, and how mm. you know I wish I sleep trained when when you did when when they're tiny, and um, and just teaching that skill early on, and and I think we forget that it is a skill to teach, you know they everything that kids learn that, um, you know, they're, they're looking to you, right. Yeah. To guide them in that, the in parents. that they're only capable of what, of what you teach them. So.
0: so, so I'm curious about that. Um, when you're setting up sleep patterns for your kids, because, um, I suspect that there's gotta be some guilt factor involved when you're putting your kids to sleep and, and those scenarios, I can just see them in my head where they're in their crib and they're just crying and they're <laughs> oh. like, mom or dad, come back. <laughs> They're just so loud, and it's like it's almost like a fire alarm going off. And I can only imagine that people would probably feel quite guilty. Oh, for sure, leaving their kid in a dark room to fall asleep on their own. Is that how you do it? How do you approach that?
1: Well, if you were to sleep train per se, yeah. Um, so with Livy, we decided, okay, this Sleep Sense book recommends that we start sleep training at four months, and. And when, if you were to make a pros and cons list, um, and your con was like you said to, you don't want them to cry. Mm. Generally they're crying because they're tired, right? Ah. Um, and, and if you look at the list of pros and if the list said, you know, it's going to, um, increase your child's energy or they're going to be more attentive in school or all of the benefits of being a good sleeper, um, you're going to look at that pros list and and see, you know, what an important skill that is. And mm. and I think, you know, um, think that it's a bit of a no-brainer. Okay, we're going to teach them and we're going to try. I know for Kyle and I, we thought, okay, let's try for five days. And if it's too heartbreaking, let's not. And mm. I remember the first day um, we put Livy awake in her crib and we had already done the everything all the steps prior so we had given her a bath and read her books and um and dinner we completed our nightly routine and um and I would I just would sing to her and I like rubbed the side of her face and and, um, and then I would, I would leave for B for, for five minutes. And, and because it was so foreign to her, because I had been rocking her for the first mm. three months, um, she's like, she, where's my rock? Yeah. Where's my rock? <laughs> yeah. Um, so the first day it, it probably took, you know, I a I, would caress her face every five minutes. So I would leave her for five minutes. And it probably took her 35 minutes the first day to fall asleep. So just to get and this she right, was so tired.
0: She would, she would, you'd leave her for five minutes and then she'd start crying. Is she would
1: cry and just wonder, like, five like, where, she'd start where are you? <laughs> so she'd fall, or whim- cry for five whimper minutes. Whimper, cry. Like, okay. And, and then for me, I had never heard her cry. So that was heartbreaking being a first time mom. Yeah. Um,
0: but you had, you know what I love here? It's like, it sounds like you had the intention. You were like, "I this is like a short pain for like long term gain. Yeah. So it's like the intention. It, what, imagine as loved. an
1: adult that you're waiting for somebody to rock you <laughs> and right. that person was busy that you day. Don't or, get it. So it's like, right. What the heck? So how can I teach myself to self-soothe, um, you know, if you wake up to the sound of thunder, or lightning in the middle of the night, how are you going to put yourself back to sleep? Right. So, with with Livy, it took us by on day five, which was my max day, so it shortened, so on the next day it was, you know, let's say 20 minutes. So, I just
0: want to get this, so you would go in every five minutes. Every five and minutes. And just kind of rub Yeah, her cheek and you don't have and, to
1: leave the room, you could just, yeah. you know, be in the rocking chair if you have.
0: But let her actually experience yeah. the crying. Yeah. Is what you did. Yeah. yeah okay. Which was
1: a first for us. Yeah. And, um... And so by day, so the time had shortened and decreased by day five. I put her in her crib and she rolled on her side and was closed her eyes to sleep. Wow. No, no, no cry, nothing. It was just, she recognized her room. Mm. We have an owl, which is a sound machine playing waves in the background. She noticed, you know, the, the light, the, it glows stars on the ceiling. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, um, so it's funny. Second time around with the Chloe, um, just small things that I would try early on. So August 16th, she'll be four months. So that's when Kyle and I are supposed to try our, or in our heads, the, this, uh, this, this five day strategy. Oh, and, cool. um, and I, and I must say, so I haven't rocked Chloe. Um, and, and don't get me wrong. I love baby snuggles and I've loved, you know, that fourth trimester, they call it the first three months of, when you have your baby um all the cuddles and her sleeping on my chest and you know going for walks with her sleeping on my chest or grocery shopping mm. I've loved all of those snuggles um but sometimes when we are home I would just see okay I'm gonna put her in her crib and get her used to um you know her owl playing the waves in the background and the yeah. stars up in the sky and there have been so many times in in month two and three, where not intentional that um, she would be cooing and talking in her crib, and I would just be putting away clothes in her room, <laughs> and and then I wouldn't hear her cooing, and she had fallen asleep already by herself. So she. Realized, oh, I'm in my crib and it's time to sleep and then I'm out, I'm done. Wow, tired. wonderful. And so yeah. August 16th, when she's four months, uh, I don't think we're going to need to sleep train. Uh, before coming here this morning even, um, I had put her down. So right now her routine is every... T- two hours um, from when she wakes up, she's ready for her nap again. She's still in that new baby phase. And awesome. um, and so it was around the two-hour mark and I was putting Livy's clothes away. So I had put <laughs> her down in her crib and went to Livy's room and I didn't hear Chloe talking anymore in her wow. crib. So she hasn't, she won't cry at all um, in, in terms of sleep training. So it's amazing how... Um, how they can learn. And this is and a
0: good tip for people listening that are brand new parents <laughs> or about to be is, you know, and I'm just hearing you speak about it and it's reminding me about, um, on a mindfulness level about what I speak about and write about too, Is like our unconscious mind and our patterns and, how we can actually train ourselves but also in parenting it's sounding like you can really program in these patterns um, effectively and gently without feeling Mm -hmm. guilty if you're intentional and as a result what I really love about this strategy you're naming is um, it sounds like it creates more space for the parents to actually also self-care while your child is Going to sleep at like 6 or 7 p.m. at night, then you've got the evening mm-hmm. to like whatever it means, whether it's connecting as in your relationship as a couple, or if it means getting to the gym, or maybe it's just going to bed early yourself so you're rested. I mean, that's that is really a great great strategy Susie I love it yes and
1: I was just speaking with my my girlfriend who her two-year-old um is still sometimes waking up in the middle of the night and (sighs) and how she needs mom to help her back to sleep and so for my girlfriend um she's just finding you know it's been two years that I haven't slept a solid night wow. and she finds herself, you know, whether it's more irritable or not having as much patience that she wishes she had for her little one. And
0: how, how would you, and, so what do you tell her? I'd love to hear how you, how do you oh shift goodness. that situation around when you're, you've established a pattern that is not working for you or clearly your child?
1: Right. So I, I, Recon- I, I read the books called Sleep Sense so I passed along the book and she can take you know bits and pieces that might work for her um it might you know I didn't read the two-year-old section but it might suggest doing the the you know leaving them for five minutes even if you stay in the room and and just trying what we did at four months of course when it's a two-year-old it might pull on your strings a little bit more because bit, <laughs> they have words. I know Livy can talk up a storm so that, um, right. I can't even imagine if Livy, you know, was calling for me, right, uh, right now. Cause right now she loves sleep. And, and she, if you ask her, she says sleep makes her happy. Right. Um, and so. I'm just yeah, thinking it,
0: about this as like, it's, um, well, two things. One, it's encouraging to know that this, you can establish this new pattern At any point. So, Mm -hmm. if if the pattern that you have established unconsciously with your kid isn't working, it sounds like you could try changing it. But it requires, and this is the second piece, I think it from hearing you speak, it requires some really, really uh, like a whole different side of love because Mm -hmm. it's like our tendency, I suspect, as parents, and I'm not one, but I'm hearing you speak about it and I'm (laughs) sensing that. A perspective as parents or just people in the world is we we naturally want to serve and give of our time, our attention, our hearts. And sometimes that can override um, the other side of love or the other aspects of love. Things like uh, intentional tough love or intentional, like, if I don't put my own mask on first, like, how could I possibly be effective to help anybody else, right? right? So this, what I'm hearing you say is reminding me of that, that cue that they say in the airplanes is like, put your own mask on first before helping others or otherwise, like, what use are you? And So it's like, um, I'm just really wanting to name that because I think it's important to reiterate what you're saying is Mm -hmm. that the, um, that side of love, it's not that like, there's no need to feel guilty because you're, you're consciously letting your child cry for five minutes, going into to to soothe and leaving for five minutes. you're Mm -hmm. establishing a new pattern. And it's like the bigger picture than just the temporary moment where you're like, just trying to. (laughs) solve your own guilt problem. It's like, no, this is actually more loving to create a, a healthy pattern for you and your child. Right.
1: So, yeah, wow. Awesome. So many of those life skills, you know, you're not doing your, your kids justice if you're not, um, teaching them some of those important life skills that they can carry forward, whether it's you teaching them problem solving skills or being kind to one another or, um, yeah. Or, you know, maybe it's even just reading before bed and maybe my, my girlfriend will, um, I know Livy sometimes likes to sleep with a book and, and we can be downstairs and see on the monitor that she's reading to her stuffed animal. Hmm. Um, and then she'll roll over and fall asleep. So whatever works, you know, every, every family is going to find their own groove and see what works best for them. But really we want to teach them just like eating healthy, right? Yeah. Um as much as our our kids would love that they could just have, you know, their like I said earlier, cupcakes and candy and <laughs> can of all cups. of that would be yeah. <laughs> would yeah. be great. But um, long term, you know that yeah. that would be, you know, your body would suffer, right? Holding and, the higher vision and some of those bad habits. We we want to, you know, we yeah. can have a treat now and, now and again, but we just have this one body, like you said, and and want to. Um, take care of it and yeah. cherish it.
0: And, you know, I'm just, because uh, we're getting close to the end of our, our podcast here, but I wanted to just, um, something intuitively coming in all of this parenting conversation that I think is important is uh, we lead by being the the example, mm-hmm. right? It's like, be the change you wish to see, I think is the famous saying. Oh, absolutely. I see you as somebody that's really doing that. Somebody that is, really making sure that her own self care is in check. Somebody mm-hmm. that is conscious when I haven't had enough sleep, or I need to get some or, you know, conscious of eating right and making sure that that those mindfulness practices are integrated into your day. And I, I mm-hmm. just think it's so important to that reminder uh, to parents and everybody that we need to self care in order to be of service to whether it's our children or our community and, um, I'm really going to take that away from this conversation we've had because I think it's uh, such an important piece of this message. For sure. And it also probably affects our mental health, really.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> I was just going to say um you know having and I've I've shared this a few times with various of my girlfriends that have been expecting and just reminding them that self-care is not selfish. And And when you are raising children, and I know, you know, every time I step out to, you know, if Kyle and I have planned our week that, you know, I'm going to go to yoga here and he's going to go for a workout on this day or um or whatnot, how we're dividing and conquering. I'm gonna get groceries on this day with Livy, mm. and or you're gonna take her to the park while I do laundry, or whatnot. However, we we plan. Um, you know, they are our kids are like sponges, and they they see how you communicate with one another. And I think having a solid foundation where you have time to connect with your partner, whether it's when the kids go to bed or you plan a monthly date. Um, date out where, like we do, um, it's, it's so important because I, I hope that Livy you know, when she thinks of her mom, she, she sees that I was always kind to, to Kyle or that I made, made it out to yoga and took care of myself and how suspect, it's so important.
0: Absolutely. And I suspect even there it comes back to self-care first because if you are not in that place of, self-care mm-hmm. how can you possibly like nourish even your relationship with your partner for sure right? so i just feel like it's my that's the big takeaway for me yeah, here anyways i yeah. don't know what everyone else is taking uh, yeah. i actually want to hear that yeah, um just for people that uh want to comment please uh, send us some messages let us know what you're taking away from this conversation mm-hmm. and i just um because we, we have to honor our time here i want to yeah. just ask you susie where people can stay in touch with you and get, if they have it, if they need some advice about how to raise their kids or in the world (laughs) of mental health.
1: Yeah, no, I am, I'm no expert, but I do, I do love being a mom and I love, uh, love what I do at the True North Youth Foundation in terms of creating a mental health program for kindergarten to grade eight kids. And we hope one day that we'll expand to, to high school kids as well. Um, But yeah, if anyone wants to reach out to talk about the fabulous mom life, or <laughs> um, how to navigate through this busy world that we live in with your with your partner or significant other. I know Kyle and I, on top of, of doing what we love as parents and, and our jobs, we have our little side business. We own four rental properties, and wow, and um, <laughs> and uh, yeah. But if anyone wants to talk about. Um, any of those topics or if you're curious about midwives or doulas we had two natural births at the birthing center and absolutely loved the, the water birth experience you, know, you said you're not Let an expert <laughs> but you Let actually
0: have a lot of experience I, <laughs> <laughs> amazing I, I've,
1: <laughs> I've uh, tried to live a full life but I'm grateful for all the people that, that are in my life who've taught me so much too um, and uh, I love to soak it all in but so my where we email ca- yeah where do we connect yeah, should like... I give my work email I guess um, yeah, or the website um, for your work oh yeah so if you're if you are a teacher or if you know a teacher um, you can ask them to check out project 11 11writtenout.ca to register it's a free program we are in 1200 classrooms currently across manitoba um just wanting to provide teachers with some accessible tools easy to use videos to to talk about the important topic around mental health and um in addition to our mental health videos we have additional resource videos that um like fun with food videos and fun with fitness videos and music and rhythm videos so many like hundreds of videos (laughs) that include Include a specialist and a local celebrity um, that you'll see featured, like Keith, in our mindful moment videos. Um, so t- you you are more than welcome to check out the sample videos that are shared. But it is uh, a password protected, uh, free online program for, for educators. Awesome. So you can check out the website ProjectLove.ca. Or if you have any questions for me, I guess you could email my email. My is work that email at the website? <laughs> yeah. Um it does connect you through a contact page, but my email, my personal email for work is sfriesen, S-F-R-I-E-S-E-N at T-N-S-E dot com.
0: Awesome. Great. Susie, thank you so much for being here on the podcast. And uh, thanks for inspiring us to definitely integrate a little more self-care uh, and to look after our own mental health and to be courageous in that. Um, it's been awesome having you here. Thanks for thank being you. here.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me
0: all right wow there were so many takeaways in that conversation i think for me i just keep coming back to that whole theme of we have to put our own mask on first before helping others otherwise we're depleted and of no use at all So I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did, that conversation. And uh, thank you so much for tuning in and listening. Be sure to stay in touch at my website, keithmcpherson.ca. And I look forward to connecting with you on the next episode of Let's Connect.